Welcome to the Hope Fellowship Podcast, where you can listen to our weekly walk through the Bible. We do hope you enjoy your time with us today. Please check us out at hopehogesville.com. And if you feel led to support our ministry, please click the link in this episode's description. Now here's this week's walk through the Bible. Okay, Luke chapter 24, uh, verse uh, 44, it says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened, then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, that is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rose from the dead. Then that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You are witness of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are closed with power from, from on high. We're going to go, my main focus is going to be on 45 right there, and then I'm going to go 47 and the rest. But mainly we're going to be dealing with repentance. What does repentance mean? So let's first begin with uh, at least a little definition. What does repentance mean? Repentance is uh, repentance means recognition of our sin with godly sorrow and commitment to change direction. Commitment and change of direction. If we repent but unwilling to divert from our way to the direct way. Because when you repent, all other scriptures are using the word confess. You know, uh, confess, repent is like one, you know, when you have a quarter and say, hey, I have a head. What else in the, on the other side is a tail, okay? <laughs> Heads and tail, heads and tail. You never separate those. They're always going to be those, you know? And so, repentance, you have to be willing to change. All right, so let's back up a little bit. I just wanted to give you a heads up. And so where was, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. So he's telling who? Who's he speaking to? The disciples. These are believers. That everything, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then, verse 45, then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. Who opens our mind to understand scriptures? It is God. It is God. If you're reading and you don't don't understand scriptures, it is God you have to pray to, to open your mind, to be able to understand scriptures. And this is very important because for us as Christians, Christian, if we say we're Christian, guess what? God has given us knowledge to understand scripture. And he's going to show us here because he's showing the disciples right here. And so 
to understand scripture and say to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer on the third day, rose from, oh, sorry, that Christ should suffer and on the third day rose from the dead. So what is he saying? That open their mind to understand scriptures. And then he, why is he mentioning only this? Of all things that the Lord has done. What does he say that he opened their mind to understand scripture? Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rose. He is preaching the salvation. That that's the main key point of our life as Christians to live for. It is salvation. And if we do not understand Salvation is telling us that he opens our mind to understand what is the beginning of our journey as Christian is to understand the Lord, is to understand salvation. That is the beginning of understanding scriptures. And thus, uh, the Christ should suffer. What does that mean? Christ died in our place. He died for our sins. He died for our sins, for us to have life. But he did not stay dead. Because if he stayed dead, then our hope will be dead. But he rose. But after from, like after that, and this is why I love scripture. Because sometimes it is very clear, maybe, maybe as I was reading this, this was very clear to me. That it's telling them the most important thing we are to learn in scripture it is that Jesus died for our sins. He suffered. He bare the wrath that would have bared. He got embarrassed. You know, he, they got him naked. They nailed him on the tree. You know, for all, for all of us. Because of us. And I can't imagine me making my robot or making my, you know, create my something and that something causing me trouble. But still say, I am going to go as far as much to die for that something that I've created for myself to be able to bring that something back to me. And that's how beautiful God is because he tells them that I even open your mind to understand scripture, but this is the beginning of understanding scripture is by understanding that Christ suffered for you. He bared the pain because if we get to understand that, it is, this is the road that we're taking, like, I mean, as I say, that my eating is a call to repentance. Because if you do not understand, why would you ask for repentance? It defeats the point of you confessing or repenting. And now the Lord is drawing back, you know, he's talking to believers right here. But we'll go, uh, as we go forward, we're going to go a little bit too to see how non-believers, you know, are put in this contest of repentance. Now, for believers, what is repentance for us? That's the first question I'm going to ask, and I'm going to answer it for you. For believers, repentance means, oh, the meaning, like, a, uh, I'm sorry, guys, I have too many English words I want to pull out, but sometimes they get stuck. But repentance restores our fellowship with our Lord and with our fellow believers. That's what it means us as 
believers already. And he's talking to them that we, in order for them to understand to walk with the Lord, we have to understand he suffered and on the third day he rose. So we have a hope. And after that, after he suffered and died, he would have gone straight to heaven, you know. But he tells them this on verse uh, 47. And that repentance forgiven, uh, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And for me, the contrast that I draw right there, as believers, repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed from within the church to go outside to the nation. So he showed us. He suffered for us. He opens our brain, to be, uh, he opens our mind to be able, able to understand scripture. But what kind of scriptures does he want to understand? One is that Christ died for us. He died in our place and he rose again. But here is the work that he sends us to do, that w- repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And I say that repentance and forgiveness of sin, sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Hope Fellowship. That's kind of my interpretation, that if we are not willing to begin to teach repentance within us, fellow believers, to restore our relationship with God, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with each other, you know, even if I do sin against somebody, First, I have to recognize what Christ did for me to be able to repent genuinely, to repent, you know, what I've done to, you know, a specific person, or this side, or this side. You know, I have to have a standard. What is our standard? Is understanding Christ died for us. And so, why did he die for us? Because we are going in the wrong direction, and he's calling us to repentance. And he doesn't say, just repent. He said that forgiveness, he talks about forgiveness, that our sins will be forgiven, you know. As we, uh, let's read uh, John, First John, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 9. So, if I back up a little bit, like from uh, verse 5. I mean, we're going to read verse 9 right there, you know, but he's talking about walking in the light. You know, he's saying, you know, if you say, uh, if, if you say you have no sin, you know, you're a liar, you know, but what, what, what does it mean to walk in the light of the Lord, you know? And then verse 9, he comes to this point and say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive her to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we, but if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Confess. If we confess our sins, Confession, so the writer in John is writing, confess. It just, as I told you, is like a, a, a coin, heads and tails. 
confess here contains, like you confess when you say out your sins, you have to be willing to change the what? The direction. And that's a walking, I mean, and John here, and that's how we are to walk in the right path with the Lord. But he does not only say that, but he says that once we do that, he is faithful, he will be able to forgive us. And many times when we get in our sins, you know, some of our tendencies to say, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Lord can even forgive me. You know, you go before the Lord having this doubt if God can even forgive me. So your repentance is not genuine. So our repentance should be genuine from Jesus suffered for us. You know, it is the key point we have to draw back to. It, we have to draw back to, as he tells us that repentance and forgiveness should be preached. So these two go together, which means if we understand, if the Lord opens up mind to understand scriptures, if we understand that, there is no reason why we should go before him confessing and repenting of our sins while doubting. The Lord doesn't like doubting people or doubting believers because then we will not be able to do his job outside the world. That's why he said it should begin in Jerusalem. It should begin because when the gospel began, it began in where? In Jerusalem. When the gospel begins here in the United States, it begins where? In the churches. Okay, we'll say right here. When the gospel begins, it begins right here. If you are to preach the good news, it begins right here. Preaching, preaching good news among ourselves and have that confidence to be able to take it out. If you ever teach a kid or teach anybody while you're doubting, I mean, they're not going to get that point. It, repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. In Jesus' name. Recognizing he is the one who opened our understanding. He is, as Christian, he is the one who opened our mind to understand scripture. And so that we live in relationship with him. But he has, these are the conditions that we always have to confess. But confess and repenting and be able and be willing to change in another direction, saying, Christ, God, I repent, and I'm saying my ways are wrong, your ways are right, and follow him. But if you're not willing to do that, we're just confessing, confessing, as he's going to tell us in uh, Acts 3, verse 9. Because this is a warning that you have as Christians. You know, since the message begins within your church, this is a warning to you guys. I mean, to us. I'm, on, I'm not excluding myself. Uh, all right. Acts, verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, sorry. Verse 19. 3, verse 19. It says, Repent therefore, and repent therefore and turn back and, and turn back that your sins may be taken away that 
Okay, I would just stop right there on verse 19. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I mean, that word, I've been trying it. But the meaning of that word, like B-L-O-T-T-T-E-D, blot. How do you pronounce it, guys? Blotten. Okay. Or blotten. You know, it is to remove something unpresent from your thoughts. So when we repent, it is our intention that we are to move. If I'm having this constant sin that I'm in, when I go to the Lord to confess it, it should be my duty to ask for the Lord to remove that what unpleasant sin in my life. And also be willing, once he moves that unpleasant sin, because it is unpleasant, should I turn back to the same thing? No. But does that mean that you never turn back again at one point? But you have to have a willingness to turn. It doesn't matter how long, you know, because we will live on this earth, we will live in, in the condition of repenting and repenting and repenting until Jesus Christ comes back. Because we are sinners. We are sinful people. And so, actually, the verse that I was looking for, uh, the warning I had. Give me a second. Let's see if I can find it. It was Matthew 17, I think. Man, I lost, I just lost piece of my note right here. Okay, we just go from there. So, guys, repentance is very key. It is very important in our, in our walk with Christ, in our Christian walk, because that's how others are going to be able to see us from outside too, you know, see what we do, you know, so we don't leave space for people to say, yeah, I mean, you're doing what I'm doing, so what are you telling me? Because we have to be willing to change the direction. Because if you're going to the same direction they're going, you know, I'm, I'm being drunk and drink and drink myself to, you know, every evening. I can't even say straight words and, you know, I say, yeah, man, I drink with you. You know, you wasted out. So what are you saying? Like, so we have to be exemplary. And that's what the scripture calls us to repentance is a change of a direction. And so I got my piece of paper. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, the warning that I was uh, talking about is in uh, Matthew 7, 21, uh, Okay, what does it say? Starting from, uh, can I get anybody to read for me, if you're willing? All right, Miss Kelly. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. All right. Not everyone who says, Lord, 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 
So we are to avoid confessing, 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 calling on the name of the Lord when we don't mean it. If we go to in confession towards, uh, before the Lord, it should be genuine because the Lord looks in what? In our hearts. He does not only look in our physical appearance, you know? I mean, we, you know, when God showed himself to Moses, Moses, you know, bowed down and went down, you know? But also the heart should reflect that. Is what is inside us should reflect what is outside us. So, 21, it said, everyone who says, Lord, 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 will not enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of God, or the will of my Father, what is the will of my Father? What is his will? Is to believe in his Son, Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins, for us to be able to restore our relationship with God. That's his will. And so how do we keep his will continuing in our life? It is come, is coming to him as he commanded us to do with repentance. Preaching repentance and forgiveness. But preaching repentance and forgiveness starting from ourselves, within ourselves, to be able to go outside, to preach his will to other people. Because it continues and say that on that day, many will, say to, 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 many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many might work in your name? Like, they are work. They did the work. It is authentic. They are doing the work. But where is their heart is? Faith without work is what? Dead. Our action, with our action, good action, without our good heart, equals what? To the Lord equals nothing. So we have to have the willingness to change our what? Our direction in the way that we think in coming to the Lord to confess our sins. It doesn't matter how much work, you know, because God can even use donkeys to do great work. He can use donkeys to walk. But he, is he seeing the donkey the same as a human being? No. A donkey is a donkey to him. You know? And so, my call to you as fellow believers that we should live in the life of repentance uh, in confessing our sins and repenting to the Lord and, call, and calling him to help us to restore our relationship with him each and every day. All right, so I go a little bit. So, what does this? Uh, what does uh, repentance means to non-believers? You know, now I've been talking to believers. What does that? What What, what does repentance mean to non-believers? It means repentance to non-believer means salvation, because. Once we as Christians understand the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, for us to have a perfect and a wonderful relationship with our Father. So now we're preaching to the unbelievers. What do we want them to do? Is to say, oh, I'm leading my ways. I'm going to these ways that I've been preached to. 
That's a key point of repentance in an unbeliever's life is to lead them to salvation. It is a salvation because now they're turning away. Now the baptism, some of you may say, oh, baptism is a completion of salvation. I say, it is a part of it, you know. But without the core value, what the, what the Lord, uh, uh, I mean, showed us in Luke, that he suffered and he rose again. He suffered and died for our sins. So once they hear that, they say, this God who created me, he sent his only son to die for me, and now I'm living this life of mine, but the scriptures are telling me that's not the way to go. So when I repent, should I still look this way or should I look in the straight way? I think I should look in the straight way. Will I struggle to come back looking this way? Yes. But your intention is still to turn to face the right way. Is that's what repentance means uh, to non-believers. But for believers, it is the way we live with the Lord. But he said that he will deny. He will say, I, didn't nev I never knew you. I never knew you. So walk away. So we have to be careful. Not because we live with fellow believers and we do community work. We help other people. We do this. That we forget to look into our lives and say, what sins are eating in our life that we're not confessing and not coming with the repentance before the Lord to show him, God, I'm leading, I'm, uh, I'm going astray. Would you lead me? Would you turn me? Because he's the one turns. He's the one who uh, make us to understand scripture. And to, for us to understand the, the perfect way to go to, it is to read scriptures. So uh, let's read uh, Proverbs 28, verse 13. Okay. Anybody want to read for us? Proverbs 28, 13. All right. I will do it. All right. Wow. Again, it is a warning to us, the way we live our daily life. It is easy to let our sin cripple our life in the way that we say, you know, God cannot even forgive this sin, you know? And then we, we, we shrine that sin in our life. And, you know, well, it can't get away. I mean, I've tried it. I, I tried, I tried, I tried, you know? I'm sorry. It shouldn't be our intention to shield our sin, to hide our sin, but rather to bring it before the Lord, to say, I am willing to repent, which means I'm willing to turn away from my way, the things that I want, the things that I want pursue, to the things that you want me to pursue, the things, the way you want me to live my life. And when you struggle, again, you go back to the same thing. But we shouldn't because, uh, as Angelina read, I said, whoever seals the transgression will not be prosper, but he who confess and forsake. That's a very important. Confess. So he uses the word confess. 
which already includes what? Repentance. The change of direction. Because confessing, I can't confess something without meaning it. Okay, tell your brother, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, did it mean anything? No, it didn't. <laughs> but repent is realizing, John Ezra, you got to change direction. You cannot punch your brother whenever it comes out in the morning. You know? Apart, apart from saying, I'm sorry, confessing it, I, I punched you. Like, that's not enough. It should go with action that... I'm, even though I want to hit you in the morning, I'm just going to look this way, you know. It is hard <laughs> because I've, I have kids and I've seen, you know, and I see myself sometimes, you know, uh, sinning too while I'm parenting them. I say, oh my, I've never seen this in myself, you know. Who's going to tell me, do not do that, don't just say it, you got to mean it. So, it is a call to you. It is a call to all of us as believers that our confession, our repentance of our sin, it should be godly sorrow. It should be who? Godly. Like feeling bad of our sins and seeing our brokenness that leads away, leads us away from our beloved Lord, our beloved Christ. And then we should commit and say, okay, we have to commit to Christ to allow us, to give us the power to change our direction. Let's go back to Luke. Okay. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name, and that's Jesus Christ, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witness of these things. And Christians, Hope Fellowship, you are witness of God's words. Because once you confess that you become, you, you become, you are become uh, saved, it means you understood the message of what? Of God, you understand. You understood what that Christ suffered, died for our sin. He got embarrassed. He got beaten up, but he rose as a winner. But he never stayed down. And he said, "Repentance and forgiveness should be preached on the ends of the world from you." So you are witness to the truth of God. The way God will judge you will be very different than the way He will judge somebody who has never seen a scripture who has never had anything. Because we, we claim that we are followers of Christ as the disciples did. So the scripture here is in the context of talking to believers. And as, I'm talk, as I talk to believers right now, it is important to us to know that we have the high, like we are to be held in a high standard, uh, high, yeah, high standard because we have been exposed to the truth. And when we go out there, we have to talk like we've witnessed something. You can't talk like you have not witnessed. You can't go preach to the nation about repentance and forgiveness like you have not experienced it, like you have not understood it. So we are to understand that Christ died for us to give us a new life, to open the life gate for us to, co to do what? To come in, 
And so that allows us to say, now we have witnessed the scriptures. So we have to tell others what we've witnessed. Because that's what, th that's what they call a witness. A witness, I mean, if you stay there, you know, I mean, if you don't say nothing, really, you're not a witness. The only time you get to see somebody being called a witness, when they come to the courtroom and say, did you really see that man jump? Yes, I did. You know? Now you understand. If you are there, you consume the truth of God, and you're not willing to share it, I don't think you're a witness of the truth of the Lord. Because, as he said, that once you witness the truth, it is for you to start among yourself and then take this truth to the nations. So repentance is a very big key in our life and in our walk with Christ as Christians. And as Angelina read, they say, you know, we are... We shouldn't shy away, from, I mean, we shouldn't hide our sin, but rather to bring it before the Lord because he's the one who's able to forgive us of our sins. We come with confidence knowing that he will give us, he will give us the power to be able to overcome the sin as he's going to say right here. Forgive, uh, you are witness of these things. So as Christian and Hope Fellowship, we are witness to the truth, uh, to, to the works of the Lord. And behold, I am sending the promise, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you closed with power from high. What is the power from high? The Holy Spirit. As believers, do we have the Holy Spirit within us? Yes. We do have the Holy Spirit. It shouldn't be our key to doubt the might power of the Lord to turn us away from our sin. It is a call to repentance today, knowing that the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit to help us navigate the way that we fellowship with him. And one of the ways is when the Holy Spirit shows us that we are being led astray, we are leading others astray, we're not walking well with the Lord, is to come to our knees because he has given us that power of the Holy Spirit to remind us of his truthfulness. Of his goodness. And so with that, I close in prayer by reminding you that uh, genuine confession for believers, genuine confession involves repentance. Don't be like my child who says, I won't, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, you know, I mean, you, you've told them, but you know, yeah, it's just on the surface. Or me, it might not even be my children. It may be me saying sorry to somebody that I, I've wronged, but really deep in my heart, I'm not meaning nothing. It's just a sorry. It's just a confession. You know, I've seen people go to. Uh, I, I, grew, uh, I grew up uh, when I was in elementary school. I went to a Catholic school for a while, and people would go to the box, you know, to confess their sins and stuff like that. But as soon as they reach right there, it was I have to do this. So they go confess, but. And come back. I told my father my problems. So it's no longer mine. Confession means that you yourself are laying things down and you are willing to be changed and to change your ways to the way of the Lord, to do the will of the Father. And so with those words, I encourage you to encourage your uh, little ones to learn how to confess and repent before the Lord. But letting them know that 
There is nothing, nothing with the sins that we get to commit that is bigger than the Lord we believe in. The Lord is way bigger. And every sin that we get to uh, struggle with, he is able and he is faithful. He will forgive us and he will give us understanding and the strength to overpower those sins. As long as we come to him with a genuine confession and repentance because he does not only see what, we, what, what would look outside. He looks inside our hearts and say, yes, this is a genuine. And we shouldn't go to the Lord repenting, doubting him and again and again and again because what we've done, we put the God's word down and we've uplifted our sin to be way bigger than Christ. Now we are not willing to repent genuinely. So we have to put God above so that we will be able to repent genuinely and call him to forgive us our sins, to change us, to face in the right direction that he wants us to go to. With those words, we'll pray, and then Jen will come up. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this week's Walk Through the Bible with Hope Fellowship. I leave you with these words from Numbers 6, 24-26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.